Hey, it's Tasha. And this is your girl, Ryan. And this is the Conscious Addiction Podcast. Get into it. Oh, because it's been like a month. (laughs) I know, that's what I'm saying. But like, where did the time go? I don't know, but it's feeling real 2020-ish still. (laughs) Definitely still feels like 2020. Like, like... (laughs) Like 2020 squared or something. Yeah, 2020, the sequel. That's what I've been The sequel. <laughs> that's what I've been calling it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that's extremely disrespectful to 2021 or extremely accurate. It definitely does not feel like quite a new year. No, because a lot of the same fluckery is going on. <laughs> if, if not worse, I don't know. Right. And and plans for more fluckery. I have heard. Yeah. Oh, I have heard. I have I have heard that there is um that the people and the supporters of Trump who uh uh rushed the Capitol building Mm -hmm. are also planning to rush all the state capitol buildings within the like the next you know between now and the time that um president-elect biden is supposed to be sworn in Mm. but the problem with that is most of them can't fly (laughs) he's stuck in dc because they've been on the no fly list have you seen that That, i have not oh they can't get home seemingly they've been a lot of them have been placed on a no fly list because the capital with an O, if y'all don't get this right, the capital, not capital, yes, um, has its own like cell tower or whatever. Uh-huh. For them, of course, we're on social media, using yes. their phones and stuff like that. So if they've been pinging off of that tower, and then there's another app called Parlor or something. I don't know about Parlor. Allegedly, it's like the white folks' clubhouse, and Parlor has like id like valid driver's license information or something like that Mm -hmm. and so the fbi has like tapped parlor for all of these people who were pinging off their cell tower for the their personal information and put them on the no fly list and so the ones who have tried to get back home via airline have are being pulled off of flights like over and over again and people of course are recording them kicking and bucking and <laughs> acting crazy because they no. can't get their home. <clears throat> I did not know. Yeah, yeah. There's other people too who have issues with that because they're basically saying that if you were even around the Capitol, um, that you were placed on a new could have been picked up. Right. And so, you know, you could have been part of the BS or not. And your name's still on that list. So, Dang. yeah. Well, I mean, truth be told, we really shouldn't be flying anyway right now. Still, you know, COVID, the COVID is still <laughs> alive and well. Which is so here tonight. <laughs> which is what brings us here tonight. <laughs> right. So, tonight we're going to be talking about. Um, the COVID vaccine, and there's two that are being widely distributed right now, one from Moderna and mm-hmm. the other from 
Pfizer. Um, so we're going to talk about some facts. If you guys have questions, comments, or whatever, feel free to put them in the chat. And the conversation will flow as organically as possible, as it always does. We're going to let the spirit guide us. So. We're going to let the spirit move. Right. We have some notes, some notes, but, you know, we all have our own thoughts about this vaccine. Yeah. And, you know, lots of stuff. So, like I said, if you guys have any comments or questions, um, put them in the chat or give us a shout in our email is get sedated 705 at gmail.com follow us on social media conscious underscore sedation on instagram and twitter and conscious sedation podcast on facebook we can be found wherever you get your podcast so yeah with that said let's jump off our first mindful moment of 2021 yes after after we just shat on it (laughs) I know after we just called call 2021 a ball here. <laughs> Let's be mindful. <laughs> We're still going to find ways. Okay. Got to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you want to go first? No, you go first. I've come first like the last hundred times. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am mindful of... Like, even in the midst of what seems to be chaos, um, whether it be personally or not, there are still moments of joy. And so I'm mindful of that. And this is because my sister sent me a screenshot of a picture. Like, we, she and I were talking on chat on Messenger <laughs> via video, and we were both just cracking up. But it was in a moment where, you know, there was, we were talking about sadness or whatever. And so I just said to her, you know, let this be a reminder, like even at your worst times that there's still joy, there's still things to um, smile about and be happy about. So that's what I'm mindful of today mm-hmm. um, and being able to find those bright spots and be like, okay, it's okay. Um, I'm also, also mindful that I'm excited because I'm going back to journaling. Like I used to journal I won't say a lot, but when I committed to it, I did commit to it. I did a gratitude journal some years back and that was one of my new year's resolutions. And I stuck to that one, like all 365 days. Um, So this year I decided, okay, let me get back to journaling so that I can have another outlet. You know, I'm about to enter this life with another newborn we're Mm -hmm. adding another soul to our household and to our family um and so I'm really just trying to line up every resource that I have um you know in the event that things come crashing down and hopefully they won't (laughs) but you know I have a um anticipate each and every possible outcome type of person and so being able to have outlets and stock my toolbox and things like that bring me a whole lot more comfort than not so yeah that's yes and the ability to do that is also something to be mindful of because so many people want to and have ideas and lists and things and aren't able to so Mm -hmm. definitely good well I am mindful today of something far more vain (laughs) (laughs) 
irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. So today I am mindful of the fact that beauty truly comes in all shades. And this is weird, not so much for you, Tasha, because you know we always joke about this, the pale, the paleness oh, yeah. that happens, you know, in the winter. <laughs> so I am a person who lives for the sun. I live for a tan. I live to go somewhere warm and tropical so I can lay out on the beach and get bronzy and brown and glowing and all of the things. Mm-hmm. And because of COVID's business. <laughs> <laughs> I have not been able to do a lot of those things. Like, I mean, I finally, at the end of last summer, took the girls to the pool, like, reluctantly, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, took them to the pool, um, like, early in the day when I was like, probably won't be that many people there. Um, And so I was able to lay out and get a little, little bronzy, but we're going on, you know, it's been probably about almost two years since I have, (laughs) since the sun has Okay. And so as a result, my original color <laughs> is popping through. <laughs> and I ain't gonna lie. And I you if you all have seen my daughters, you know that all four of us are four different shades, right? Like, and I have one who is very light skinned, lighter than I am, and then all shades in between, right? Um, and so <laughs> I'm always telling my girls, right, that they're all beautiful and it doesn't matter. And beauty, again, it comes in all shades. But me, myself, personally, I prefer a more bronzy brown hue, okay? So much so that people make fun of my emojis, my memojis, because they're darker than I am. They're like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, so, but however... Since I have been getting a little bit more to my true color, my true complexion, I have been able to kind of find the joy in it. I am like, oh, like, you know, I could be, <laughs> I could be pale and still cute. You know, I mean, I might, I may or may not need a new color foundation for mm-hmm. my winter hue. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I have been finding ways to embrace it and still look at myself. It's funny because the more pale I am, I feel like the more I see baby rye, like I can see little girl rye, is that this is the complexion I was, or even lighter when I was little. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just finding the joy in that and just being mindful that I just am who I am and I am going to be beautiful, whether I'm sun-kissed or, where I, or whether I deem myself to be, you know, quote unquote pale or whatever. And um, I am able to see myself and love myself and love the reflection that I see in the mirror, mm-hmm. which, you know, sometimes I have to force it. I have to will it because I want to be bronzy, but I'm still beautiful. And I think it's a, a, a lesson to me about um, also the things that I, being mindful of the things that I say out of my mouth, especially in earshot of my children, because they're all different you know, um, shades. Um, I think it's important for me to be mindful, you know, because in our community, a lot of times you think about colorism, you think about people wanting to be this color and not wanting to be brown and bronzy or darker complexed. Yeah. And so I think in my family, I may have, (laughs) (laughs) you may have flipped that on its head. (laughs) 
Yes. And so it was a lesson to me. Um, again, the children are always watching, always listening, even when we don't think that they are, um, even when we're just talking to ourselves in the mirror, mm-hmm. um, they're watching. And so I need to just be incredibly mindful of that, um, of what I'm saying and embrace embrace truly because I truly believe beauty beauty is all shades like all shades of black are beautiful I truly believe that um and so I need to make sure that I am modeling that and living that and finding the beauty in my own shade so Mm -hmm. yeah yes I completely agree with you too about the lack of vacation and the lack of having vitamin d yeah I feel like um from the start of this whole thing that's been the hardest part for me not being able to go on vacation or, you know, lay by somebody's pool and be hot and then get in the pool or be on the beach or whatever. But mm-hmm. I also have been struggling with not being able to visit my family, uh, my aunts in particular, because it's very rare that we go, I mean, six months to a year, they live, you know, in Atlanta, the Atlanta metropolitan area with you where you live. And um, it's very rare that we don't get down there, you know, at least twice a year. And mm-hmm. I haven't been able to see them. And I mean, probably since Thanksgiving 2019, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they're older. And even though, you know, you know, they're fine, they getting, they're getting, they're healthy, they're well, but just to get down there and lay eyes on them, especially in the absence of my mother, you know, it connects me. I feel like when I see them, I, I feel her, I see her. Um, and um, they're, again, they're older. And so, you know, I, time is, is precious. And these are times that, you know, that they're almost, well, one of them is in her seventies and the other one is close, you know, and I want to get down there and spend as much time with them and as I possibly can. And so this, it kind of sucks that we can't get down there. I mean, even if it wasn't a vacation per se to get down there and just spend some time and soak up some wisdom. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I, um, I think too, when most of us had it in our minds that this will be done by now, and it's not <laughs> and it's like barely looking that is gonna let up at any point um yeah. yeah you can't help but really think like okay I haven't seen my people I haven't mm-hmm. done this I haven't 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 um whatever but yeah Mm-hmm. which is a great motivation for a lot of people to get the vaccine. I've heard lots of people say that that's, I mean, speaking, since we're talking about that today, that's been a, mm-hmm. a, a huge motivator mm-hmm. for a lot of people um, to become vax to get the vaccine. They, they say they want to see their grandma. They want to protect their aunties or whatever, you know? Yeah. So. And I think people who are conscious of um, the risk that it bears, like seeing their grandmother or whoever, is what makes people be like, okay, now, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. they definitely don't want to be the one that makes someone else sick or, you know, kills. <laughs> Especially that older population, because they're at, a, a, you know, a bigger increased risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to get back to that. We'll put a pin in that. Yes. Um, we have an inbox report. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I'm going to read this inbox report almost verbatim, and then we will discuss. Okay. So um, this inbox came from a listener, and she says the following. I love the show. 
and the information that you all give, I just wish I could get to know the host a little bit better. Tasha talks about her family a lot, and Ryan always cries when it's time for her mindful moment, which is good, but we don't ever hear her vulnerability until she begins to talk about the holiday and grief. But I feel like Ryan doesn't tell her whole truth, especially about relationships and her personal love life. Maybe it's because she's single, but are you dating? Where are you dating? Were you with someone and they screwed you up or vice versa? How many relationships did she ruin or try to save? Expressing one's emotions means a lot, but I think a lot of Ryan's pain is from her mother's death, but we don't ever get to know Ryan. I feel like she hides a lot of pain for an image. I want to hear at least one shift where we can get to know the host, the ugly truth, or maybe some of the things that you have experienced personally who hurt you, who hurt you. Yes, she said that twice. Um, But please just one episode to connect with you to get to know your personalities because I miss so many because sometimes I just don't feel connected. Can we talk more on family trauma, generational curses, your reactions in relationship trauma and how to break them and even how you all got over those things? And that was the end of the inbox. Good reading that girl. (laughs) I mean... Let me just put this <laughs> precious. Hey, precious. She said, oh, wow. Girl, I know. <laughs> um, let me just put this one thing out here. Y'all, punctuation is very important. And so <laughs> I'm not saying proofread or it doesn't have to be perfect, but like when y'all inbox us um, so that we can better understand what it is you're trying to say, um, you know, just just use some punctuation so that we know what's what. Yeah. Okay. So Ryan, um, I feel like your name was stated a lot in this email (laughs) and and I roll out the red carpet for you, darling, to Mm -hmm. respond. Sure. Um, the, (laughs) the first thing that stands out to me is, um, the crying in my mindful moment and the, the contradiction of that and me not being vulnerable because, Anytime somebody cries, they're vulnerable. They, you know, I feel like we live in a society, most of us have grown up and we're raised in a society where we were taught or we learned um, either, you know, passively, right? Or aggressively from somebody saying, shut that crying up. <laughs> that, that crying is like weakness. Yeah, I'm getting some crying it's a sign of weakness. It's just something that you shouldn't be doing. So anytime somebody cries, you're being vulnerable. And though, so then to, to also add that to being on a 100% public platform mm-hmm. is incredibly vulnerable. Um, and if you know me, I am truly not a crybaby. <laughs> um, and so also, you know, um, there was a comparison of, of you talking about your family and um, me truly only talking about my mother and the pain of my grief. Well, that is a huge part of my family. My mama is a huge part of my family. And so that is me talking and sharing about my family. Um, I also share about my children. I mean, I would say a significant amount. I don't talk about them every shift, but um, I do share about them and my struggles with them and my <laughs> the things that they do that make me proud. Um, 
my own personal struggle as a mother and what my journey has looked like to get to where I am. Um, I have shared. Um, so I'm not sure what more I could do <laughs> or say to be more vulnerable or to share more about my family as it pertains to me sharing about um, relationships. Relationships has never been something that defined me. It has never been something I've never, I talk all the time about how like marriage is something that I don't really aspire to achieve or to attain. It's not, it's never been something that I've wanted. I've never seen myself um, operating in that capacity or in that role. Um, and so don't, I, I don't, however, I don't want anybody to ever mistake my, the, the fact that I don't want marriage to mean that I won't commit or that I lack the ability to commit because yeah, sure. I've been in committed relationships. Uh, <laughs> clearly I got these kids <laughs> over here. <laughs> I done been like, a, as evidenced by one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, but, but, but Pete, I am also so completely okay with me and so completely private truly I'm a private person so to even for me to even be on this public platform for me to even uh, have a podcast and be transparent as I am is um, is is huge <laughs> um, and so but relationships is just something that I think in general I mean I'm you know my friends will tell you I'm private like if I get a new car I ain't calling nobody. They're just going to see me roll up in a new car. Like, that's, that's just how I am. That I had. I'm like, well, I remember when you got your car, your friends were like, uh, really, girl? You, you ain't got a new car? Well, yeah, I, that's just who I am. Same thing when I bought my house. Like, people are like, bitch, you bought a house? Like, oh, yeah. Like, that's just who I am. And it's not, it's not because I'm being secretive. It's because there are certain things, pieces of my life that are mine. They are for me because it is my life and if I choose to share those things you're welcome <laughs> but if I don't it's no harm no foul because those are pieces those are pieces of me and so um yeah I'm gonna leave it I'm gonna leave it there I mean I'm happy to share answer questions ish but um I share I share what I share and it's not I, I have no image to uphold there is nothing that I'm not I'm regular schmegula. And if you know me, that is how I move and groove through life. Like I don't have an image to uphold. Um, of course, on this platform, I'm a nurse and I'm always functioning. I'm always aware of that in all of my, the platforms that I, that I utilize. I'm, I'm aware of the position that I hold um, and the rapport that I have and the respect that I have with the people in the community. And so I'm always gonna be mindful of that in terms of the choices that I make and the things that I share. Um, yeah, but I, I'm also 100% will admit that I'm far from perfect, right? <laughs> Players mess up. <laughs> <laughs> You're crazy. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that addresses the concerns that were um, laid out in the email, but it is what it is. Some pieces of my life are just for me. And I think we live in a society, I don't know if it's because of social media 
or um, I think it's because of social media and the connectedness that we all have. Everybody got a phone, we got FaceTime, we got Skype, we got all these different platforms where people can put their business out and, and share everything. So now I feel like people feel entitled to your business, to your life in its entirety. And that's a hard no for me. There are pieces of my life that are some stuff I am taking to the grave. <laughs> Fair. <clears throat> yeah, it's just pieces of my life are just for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So my response will be um, we do we do plan on talking about family stuff. Um, I'm sure generational curses and things like that will come up. Yes. I feel like the relationship or relationship episode triggered a lot of people. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but let me start by saying opening this email, I thought it was spam. I didn't think that it was a true email. Um, and I was kind of on the fence about whether or not this was something that I would share with Ryan because I'm usually checking the email. I feel like more than she is. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm like, what's the password? Right. <laughs> Right. And I check, you know, periodically because we don't get a whole lot of inboxes um, or if we do from our usual suspects, they'll usually send a message and be like, hey, check the inbox. I dropped something, you know. Um, And so I immediately went into more of a defense mode because that is part of my own stuff um, when it comes to people who I love and people who are close to me. I'm very much so territorial and protective. And I felt like um, the opinions stated in this email were unfounded. And knowing Ryan personally, I felt like um, she has grown a great deal <laughs> in being vulnerable and being on this platform. And you know, to second what you said, Ryan, I think people who have listened to us from the very start understand that we're here and. Um, a different capacity. We're occupying multiple spaces, but this is not a gossip show. Um, this isn't, <laughs> you know, like your homegirl kind of um, podcast. We literally say in our bios or whatever, we are here to, you know, educate, empower, and entertain. And so that entertain is like a last little footnote because we, we fun girls, right? And we like to laugh and have a good time. But we are here in more of a professional capacity than we are um, a personal one. And so what we do choose to share is completely up to us. And for me, and Ryan may feel the same way, I'm not sure. For me, I've always felt like this is something that I chose to do. Um, People who are connected to me intimately did not choose this. Mm -hmm. And so I don't necessarily have the right to... um, disclose (laughs) super personal information, even if it involves me, like it's part of my story as well. I definitely have to be very um, uh, careful, mindful about how I share my own story, my own process and my own experiences when it involves someone else, Um, especially my loved ones. You know, yeah. like I said, they didn't choose this. Like you guys will notice I have never, not ever have I said my man's name on this show or I mm-hmm. haven't planned on it. My and honey. I, 
<laughs> right. And I very rarely say my daughter's name, mm-hmm. um, if at all, if mm-hmm. I can help it, I do not say her name. Um, and that's for multiple reasons, some that I stated and some that I haven't, but yeah. Yeah, I remember one member back when we were recording, when we first started recording, I accidentally, we, I was sharing some story and I accidentally said one of my daughter's names yeah. and we stopped and went back and re-recorded so that we, we wouldn't do that, you know, because okay. I do agree with you that, um, they haven't chosen this and it's bad enough that they'll, this is on the internet forever. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they'll be able to listen to the things that I have said about them or about myself. I mean, that's, you know, that's. <laughs> could be bad enough <laughs> yeah and I remember when your oldest daughter was interested in listening and asked you about yes. it me you and Tiffany were like "Ooh, is it age appropriate what did you say yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know like did you give a green light do you know mm-hmm. if she's done it already or yeah. you know whatever so um I I think that as flattering as it may be that people want to know more about us personally um we have to put that into context and perspective um, regarding our own personal lives and the other people connected to us. And we are nurses and we feel for them and we are compassionate about them and their privacy and respect that. Um, so, sorry, girl, this ain't that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, like it's not a tell all thing. It is not a tell all. We can share some personal relationship experiences and things like that. And even, you know, comments from Mr. Ryan, when he talked about we, I expected y'all to give more kind of direction mm-hmm. and we like, that's not what we do. Information. You choose your own direction. Mm-hmm. You know, I can tell you a little bit about what my direction looked like, but no, yeah. you know, and that's the way I move about when I'm in this professional space, because mm-hmm. I am. That's how I move when I'm interacting with my clients, um, doing childbirth ed or doula stuff, or when I'm at work at the bedside with my patients, unless they say, Tasha, um, what would you do? Or what have you done? I reserve that for the question. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yeah, that is that. I will say as a final thought (laughs) (laughs) that I have never no while I probably have destroyed some relationships (laughs) I have never destroyed any people Mm, I have left every single person that I have ever had a relationship with better when I left than they were when I when I found them or when they found it Mary had a little lamb and that's that that on that (laughs) yeah well go ahead and pop your collar and toot your horn I ain't mad you said what I said go ahead and pop your collar and toot your horn I ain't mad I've I've destroyed some relationships but I never destroyed a person so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so yes we will talk about relationship stuff or well we kind of already talked about it yeah but, but we could revisit it on a different note or whatever because those things are always layered but we'll talk about family stuff. We've got that coming up. Um, some of our other topics, just so you guys will know, we'll talk about skincare, hair care. Um, what else, Ryan? Uh, oral. We have oral health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oral health coming. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about, we talked, you said family stuff. So we want to talk about some family dysfunction, child. 
We're going to get into it. <laughs> sex. Sex is back on the table. Sex is great <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun when we talked about that. It was. And I'm excited to, I think we need another uh, male perspective. Okay. Yes. We yes. can't have enough of that because can't have enough of it. And I would like to have another expert on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about sleep, how important sleep is. Sleep is good. And sleep is so good to talk about right now because yeah. even though everybody's life is slowed down, I feel like I've seen more now than ever people having insomnia and not sleeping well, even children. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's like very that, timely. That came up today in a group, you mm-hmm. know, where um, a young lady, a mom was talking about her nine-year-old who um, was getting to bed late and then had trouble sleeping through the night. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was interesting for me. I was kind of like, when I saw people like, give them some melatonin. <laughs> like, oh, you know, I, I, I was like, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say <laughs> <laughs> do we medicate kids right away um, because it's a natural thing but you know right like- and that people are either on one polar end or the other like on that people not very many people are in the middle and I was like I don't feel like arguing nobody on the internet today the the birth work community already got me stressed out today <laughs> so I was like I, I ain't got nothing else in me mm-hmm. yeah yeah um I I'm a proponent of go to the root cause first and fix that before adding like something unless you have a real acute issue going on like Mm -hmm. you know if my blood pressure is 245 over 110 don't tell me to deep breathe you know or tell me to deep breathe while you're giving me something while you're pushing some (laughs) (laughs) right while you're getting my blood pressure in the normal range like you know I'm cool with that sort of medical intervention but like any sort of supplement things like that for you know non-critical issue to me bears investigation first but definitely yes (laughs) so I too um saved a lot of my comments but you have any any other things about our inbox report I don't I mean I feel like I address it I know you were like I don't know if you should I don't know. Um, but I'm cool. Like it is what it is. Um, everybody ain't gonna like each child. <laughs> and all the people who watch or listen to the to the show, they may not, they may not vibe with me. And that it is what it, they may vibe with you over me or me over you. It is what it is. I ain't here to make friends. What we are here for is to give these people this information so that they can have information that they may not have had or access to information education that they may not have had and that they can make choices and move accordingly so that we can start healing and we can start laying a better foundation for generations that are to come after us and I feel like that is what we are doing I feel like there's no question about the fact that we out here pushing this knowledge Mm -hmm. okay and that's what we here for so yeah it is what it is yeah for sure agreed well and I'm still fine <laughs> without question that wasn't even up for debate <laughs> winter white or not <laughs> that's what I used to call it oh I need some brown sugar I need to get my brown never sugar. forget one time it was the winter time 
and I came into work. <laughs> you said, <"Ooh." laughs> you, you looking pale today. <laughs> I don't remember. Thank you. <laughs> I'm already remember. super self-conscious about that, but thank you. <laughs> Let me go put on some mascara, some process something because. I had one of my nursing professors, a white woman, tell me that. You're looking really washed out. You need like some mascara or something on. And I was like, well, I'm already here, girl, on time. Okay. So what's my assignment? <laughs> so what? Where do you want me? <laughs> because listen. Oh, that's funny. But yeah, mm-hmm. I will never forget. I walked onto the floor to get my <laughs> You minding your own business. Right. <laughs> minding my <laughs> own black ass business. <laughs> I'm not like this. <laughs> You said, oh, not jump back from you. Like, you okay? <laughs> you, right. you sick? Are you sick? Rude. Absolutely rude. My apologies. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> so clearly, clearly, that's what I respond to. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So we're talking about the COVID vaccine tonight and um, just going to throw out some factual information or things that have been widespread, talk about some myths, and then talk about some of our own personal thoughts. Now here we're going to get personal today. Look at there. Well, look at God. Look at him. <laughs> um, um, talk about some comparisons and things that really stuck okay, out. Okay, wait, sorry, pause. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to tell y'all that I tried really hard not to cry <laughs> during my moment today. I almost said, don't start crying. <laughs> when I brought up my aunts, mm-hmm. I, I felt, felt it. <laughs> I said, get down, get down. That's That's all. Look at what you've done. (laughs) Nothing. Okay. That's your real name. (laughs) Thanks for watching. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Is it okay if I cry when I laugh or no? Is that cool? Okay, we're moving on. (laughs) So yeah, the COVID vaccine is here. Um, The goal was to get it to uh, first-line workers first and um, people who were in like long-term health facilities. Like, so every state, I I feel like every state has their own kind of setup or rollout, but they're, they're mostly following like the CDC guidelines. Yes. So first-line healthcare workers um, and then people who lived in long-term facilities. Um, After that would be anybody over 75 and anyone with like pre-existing medical conditions that put them at high risk for after that would be 65 to like 74. And then after that, I forget, like it would, of course, those bottom groups would include everybody up top. Right. Makes sense. Okay. So yeah, um, those were kind of the, the guidelines. In the U.S., we have the Pfizer and Moderna 
vaccines that are both out. Pfizer is um, effective at 95% after receiving two doses and you get one and then 28 days later, you get a second dose. Moderna is 94.1% effective um, after two doses for people who haven't been previously infected. Um, they can't, of course, say that you, you get the vaccine and then you won't get COVID because who knows if you were COVID positive prior to getting the vaccine. Um, so there's that. And they're unsure yet how much protection you have against reinfection after getting the vaccine. So I know that Pfizer is following all of their people who get it for two years post to learn efficacy and stuff like that, and then um, side effects. So most often the side effects have been pain swelling and redness at the injection site. Yep. And most people have recorded that or reported that after the first one. After the second one, people have reported more severe side effects like um, chills, fatigue, or just feeling tired, headache, achy body, flu-like symptoms. Um, a small number of people have reported Bell's palsy. I know that that was like a big thing. Even in the trials, that was a side effect. Mm -hmm. Right. And the, of course, the reporting on it is, <laughs> see, this is why we'd be feeling like, mm, because the reporting says that, you know, more often than not, people didn't have Bell's palsy. And so for me, my skeptical side says, well, that's, you know, 49% versus 51. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So y'all just playing a numbers game, like 49% of the people <laughs> had Bell's palsy and 51% didn't. And so your statement is still true, but it's not like a numbers statement. So you can know what is the number of people who experienced this side effect and who didn't, you know, yada, yada. But yeah, what you got, Ryan? Um. <clears throat> I was going to say that along with you talking about immunity, they're saying that you aren't, regardless of the vex, the brand you get, um, you're not, they're not deeming you immune from the vaccine for two to three weeks after your second hmm. dose. So, you know, with the Pfizer, you have to get the second dose 21 days after the first dose and with Moderna it's 28 days so three weeks versus four weeks essentially that you between your doses and then you have to wait an additional two to three weeks after that second dose before you know you can even attempt to declare yourself immune from from the vaccine um also <laughs> um a lot of so the way the, the way the vaccine works is the vaccine works on your the RNA. So it's RNA vaccine, which means it's not a live vaccine. So you can't essentially get COVID from the vaccine. And um, that's the way live vaccines works. So when they give you a live vaccine, they're actually giving you the live virus. It's usually a, a deadened version of it but it's still live, but you could get the virus from it. So with this one, you can't actually get COVID from it, but you can experience some symptoms as your body develops immunity. And that's what Tasha was talking about 
the fever, the chills, the um, headaches. Um, some people have gotten even more violently ill, I've heard anecdotally, people talking about um, having diarrhea or vomiting. Um, some people just say they feel like they've been hit by a max or kind of like how you feel when you get the flu. You just kind of want to lay down, lay around all day. Um, and that's because the virus, you know, the, this, this vaccine is in your system and your body is building immunity to it. Um, so the, however, because it works on the RNA, that means the virus doesn't enter the nucleus of your, of your genes, of your cells. And so then that <laughs> means it can't, it can't alter your DNA. And so that's a big myth. I've seen all kinds of fake news, fake articles about how this vaccine can't, has the ability to alter your DNA, which essentially makes people feel like it, you know, you, it's, it's microchipping you or, you know, you can somehow morph into something different. They can, they can change it. It with a computer system, like your microchip is the mark of the beast. It's none of that y'all. Okay. It's not any of that. Um, not yet. Anyway, <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet. I ain't saying it ain't coming. I'm saying that's not what this is. Um, and so I think that's important. There's so many different myths about, about the vaccine. And that's a big one that I have seen shared on social media over and over again. Um, and this is, this is certainly not that. Um, I also, in addition to the list of people that Tasha was mentioning, uh, pregnant people are on the list of people who are deemed, the CDC deems as high risk. I was looking at some data actually a couple of days ago about pregnant people and their pregnant people who get infected by COVID are more likely to have, to become symptomatic and to have severe um, effects from it, to be hospitalized from it, um, potentially because your body's already working hard growing another human. <laughs> um, that, you know, fighting off a, a virus as as big as COVID could just be too much for, for your body. Because you, as a pregnant person, you're not just trying to protect yourself, but you're building up immunity for and passing on immunity to, to the person that you're growing. So to have this big virus like COVID to come up on you, um, sometimes it can just potentially be too much for pregnant people. So they are in the list of people who are, are high risk. However, pregnant people were not a part of the studies. So while everybody is talking about how many people, some 44,000 people were a part of the studies for, for the vaccine, which is, which is a good number of people, a good decent um, amount of the population, and I cannot lie, when you look at the numbers of what these uh, manufacturers are telling us in terms of demographics, they have good sample sizes for people of color, for men, for women, for old, for young. They, what they are reporting, they have good sample sizes. But pregnant people were not a part of that. And the big reason why is because potentially to have pregnant people in a study could be unethical because we have no idea of the impacts or the effects it could have on the, the unborn fetus. And so most people won't touch it with a 10 foot pole <laughs> to have pregnant people or even lactating or breastfeeding people in these studies. And so they were not. Um, however, the CDC says that that's not a reason to prevent them from getting it. And if you're pregnant, especially if you're pregnant 
and you have one of the other high risk, you're in one of the other high risk categories, um, or you're a frontline health worker or frontline worker, not, not just in health, um, then it's a, it's a reason for you to consider becoming vaccinated. It's a, a good conversation for you to have with your provider, with your family, to think about becoming vaccinated simply because pregnant people are at an increased risk of becoming symptomatic and, and having a poor outcome from the virus. So I thought that was, um, and, that, and ACOG actually, I got that information from ACOG, which is um, the OBGYN governing body. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think too. Um, I had heard that a lot of women who had given birth with COVID had hemorrhage risks too. Um, post delivery, they would bleed a lot because I had a um, COVID positive patient who had come in and she was, I don't know, maybe 38 weeks or like super close, something like that. And um, she tested positive when she came in. And they ended up discharging her. And I was just like, well, why wouldn't they just go ahead and induce her? And that's when I was enlightened about, well, you know, pregnant patients been bleeding out, <laughs> you know, who are positive with COVID. And I think this virus is so new. There's so many things that we don't know about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're definitely in a position where you're like, so, you know, precious, relax, baby. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah and that's interesting because I think again anecdotally just from people that I've talked to who are on LMD units in other states even most facilities now are testing every patient or offering the test to every patient mm -hmm. um, so you can kind of at least plan and be prepared for a potential hemorrhage, <clears throat> but um, I'm sure there are places who aren't, you know, I'm the people, again, you're talking about people who may be in rural communities, or you think about, um, so, okay, this is something that I've learned, and this is from, from my birth work community here in um, Indianapolis. I was getting ready to say the home birth community or the birth center community, they may not be testing but one of the midwives here shared that a positive COVID test risks the patient out from delivering in a birth center, mm -hmm. which to hear you say that as a, a hemorrhage could, you know, potentially be an outcome that makes sense. But I don't know if all birth centers or all home birth midwives are they is there like state guidance that's saying all the patients need to be tested mm -hmm. they should be tested for COVID so that they if they are positive they could be they can be risked out mm -hmm. um and so that I mean because we know postpartum hemorrhage although a, a lot of times you can manage it and um you know get it under control the bleeding under control I mean that's that's one of the top things on the list for a maternal death is a, is a hemorrhage. And so um, that's, that's a huge cause of concern when you think about our, 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 our pregnant people being tested. That's a reason to get tested. If for no other reason, so your providers can be prepared. <laughs> if that's a, if that's a risk, if you're positive, I mean, it's an annoying test. I've had it done, but <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I'm definitely not looking forward to it. I hear it's like um, going underwater and getting the no- your, you know, the water sucked up in your nose. It burns like that. Ugh, it's um, worse than that. Well, thanks. I'm <laughs> just telling you. I'm just it. saying, prepare yourself. Okay, so here's the thing. So I had it done. This is before we were testing every patient at the hospital. So um, there was a patient. She was sick. Everybody, every, all the nurses knew she had COVID. <laughs> the doctors weren't sure yet. They were like, they were testing her and giving her antibiotics and all kind of other crazy stuff. It was like, she probably got COVID. <laughs> so anyway, a couple of days later, somebody reaches out like, yeah, so that patient had COVID. So you might want to get tested. Cool. So they stick the thing up your nose. They had to go, they had to do both nostrils. What I should not have done, the person was like, if you want to blow your nose, go ahead. So I took the one like a G because that's what I am. Okay. <laughs> I didn't flinch. This eye didn't even budge. I was cool. What I should not have done was blow. I should not have blew my nose. I should have just went right to the next one and then blew after. But when you blow your nose, because whatever the stuff is, when you blow, it like blows it everywhere. All this is all connected. Ears, eyes, nose, throat. It's all connected. So when I blew my nose, it like blew it everywhere. So then my eyes were watering. My ears felt like they were kind of tingly. Right. So just go bam, bam, and then blow. That's my, that's my professional and personal <laughs> advice. Recommendations. They just, just do them both real quick Mm-mm, and then be done. But everybody hasn't been doing both nostrils. Oh, they haven't? No. Because we started at our hospital doing both, but now we don't. Oh, well, see. They don't at Emory either. And I don't know if we do here. Do we do both nostrils here? Anybody from Indiana watching? I don't know. If, if you don't, that's even better. Mm-hmm. They went to, through both my nostrils all yeah, the way up. In the, in the beginning, we did both nostrils. Um, but recently it's just been one, you go like turn, hold for five seconds and then come right back out. And it's not a, um, it's not a loaded swab. It's just like a regular, maybe like a strep swab or something like that. See, this felt like it came out of a, a fluid. Okay. The ones that we use are dry. And I could be wrong. But it's, it's just what it felt like. Well, even when I blew it, it didn't, it felt like something extra was in there. Unless that was my brain, my, my, my spinal fluid, you know, from mm-hmm. going all the way so far. But when I blew, it didn't, it wasn't just my secretions. I didn't feel like when I, you know, you know what your, you know, mm-hmm. what your snot feels like in your own nose. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like just mine. Yeah, fair. That's fair. But I also, again, this was way when we, this was probably March mm-hmm. when things were first getting, yeah, when things were first getting started. And I went to one of the first testing locations here. Like we weren't even testing the hospital yet. Like it was one of the first sites okay. um, that we could go to. So. Okay. Thank you, Precious. She says um, they told them one, one nostril on the floor, but they do both <laughs> when testing in the ED or the drive up. Okay. So both and. (laughs) I know, right. It just depends. And that's another kind of issue with how new all of this is and the testing availability and Mm -hmm. 
testing accuracy and what kind of swabs like nothing is uniform no. like you and I were talking about the changing of the masks the N95s yeah and you're like what is this what is this mm-hmm. you know there's just I think that is one of my biggest concerns aside from the history that black people have in the United States um, with the medical or health care system because that's a huge part of why I am reluctant. Um, but the other part of it is there's no uniformity. Like there is no system, no policy, no one way that everyone is doing things. And for me as a person, okay, and I've explained this to people before, I am not a liberal arts mind, okay? I am more a math and science mind. Yes, as I am somebody who... I lean towards math and science because it is actuary. Mm-hmm. So one plus one equals two, no matter where you are on the planet or in the universe. And so mm-hmm. that works for me. <laughs> that makes things right in my mind. Um, but all of this other kind of like wishy-washy gray and stuff like that, when it comes to making firm or sound decisions about how I proceed medically or how my family is protected and all of that kind of stuff, that gives me anxiety immediately. hmm and, and so for people who are like, nah, I'm good, you know, and then you have all this inf- information flying around, conspiracy theories and all of that stuff flooding your news feeds, your um, timelines, your this, your that, it's very difficult to make a decision. Now, I know plenty of people who are like, I had that virus. I don't want it again. Give me the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Like and had no problem being like, yes, I want it, period, point blank. Um, I think my biggest issue is for the people who got it and are finger wagging other people who have this reluctance on the other hand. Hey, <laughs> like, listen, that is my biggest pet peeve as well. Mm-hmm. Like you are not better than somebody who hasn't gotten it yet. Mm-mm. And your reason for getting it is not better then somebody else's reason for not wanting to get it, not choosing to get it, especially within the black community. You know, I'm gonna say the black and brown community because it's not just black people who have been taken advantage of in the, you know, medically in terms of things, in terms of research, um, you know, black and brown people together collectively have been taken advantage of. And so we get we get to be skeptical if we are if we choose to be yeah yeah but it's mostly us who are doing the finger wagon like (laughs) (laughs) who are like you know posting your vaccine cards and that kind of stuff on social media which is fine if that's what you would like to do do it I don't really get that but okay and if people are asking you like you got it what were your symptoms or did you have any side effects that's something different but suppose like dissertations about this is the science and I don't understand what the problem is and to go in the comments and be battling with folks about making a decision that's just like no nah, I'm good I'm like make your decision and be quiet about it <laughs> until make your decision you for yeah. you Mm-hmm. Because that is the asking, only choice you have. If someone's asking you, then that's something different. But don't get on social media finger wagging about 
what everyone else needs to be doing and yada, yada. And I shared this with Ryan. I saw a comment recently that said something like, I just don't understand people who don't want to help themselves. And this wasn't from someone Black. Um, And I'm just like, well, you know, that's not always help to us. You know, when you think about the history, and if you know anything about epigenetics, how all of this trauma that's been done to our people is in our genes, which is why we feel shit so viscerally. Um, Like, we are carrying all of that with us. And if we know about it, if we have any knowledge about anything, say, I don't know, the Tuskegee experiment, (laughs) which was like five minutes ago for all intents and purposes, um, yeah, people are going to be reluctant. Hell, Henrietta Lacks is probably in this damn vaccine. Oh, she's in it. That's what I'm saying. And her family just recently, as recent as 2020, began to receive some sort of financial compensation for her contribution unknowingly to science, like on the planet, not just in the United States. Definitely. Still, they're still growing and regrowing her cells. They're still utilizing her cells in medicine. Her permission, without the permission of her family. Yes. um, And without the benefit of Mm -hmm. her family. Her family has not benefited or very recently have they gotten a little a little piece of the money because let me tell you I'm sure whatever they've given those people is not enough no contribution that for years and years decades of them utilizing vaccine after I mean there's an endless list of Mm -hmm. all the places that Henrietta Lacks has gone on this planet an endless list right we couldn't make a comprehensive one if we wanted to Right. Because it's everywhere. She's everywhere. Right. So yeah, for for people who are, like I said, finger wagon and have something flipped to say about people who are reluctant to getting it. I'm just like, be quiet. Just do this. If someone asks you and you would like to share information, that's fine. But when people are like, Tasha, um, if you weren't pregnant, would you get the vaccine? I'm like, no. I won't be first in line. Mm-hmm. I will not be first in line. Mm-hmm. No, because, you know, the form of help from United States of America to Black people has really not come yet, if you ask me. <laughs> it ain't never been help. <laughs> the only help in terms of Black folks has been us being the help. Okay. <laughs> we'll find the lie and, then, and we'll go from there. But, you know, this this government in this country has never, ever, ever mm-hmm. been bending over backwards to save or, quote, help Black people. It, it just hasn't. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't. And while I understand that we are more vulnerable usually and that our stance about these things shouldn't make us more vulnerable, like it shouldn't just be a knee-jerk reaction, um, I get it. I get the knee-jerk reaction to be like, no, I'm cool. I don't even have to hear about no science or research. I'm cool, cool. Like, no, we'll be taking shots of breast milk in my house. So, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> now so, that's research I can appreciate that definitely yeah, yeah definitely and they're they're doing research with breast milk and COVID right now and they're the research is saying that breast milk cannot I mean COVID can't live in breast milk so which we already know breast milk is magic that's not even a secret I anymore. Mean, like who's who's who was surprised to hear that like I wasn't shocked duh mm-hmm. <laughs> so run me some once you start pumping <laughs> I got you <laughs> I got you. Um, but so, you know, there was this, there was this um, black doctor here in Indiana who was COVID positive, who was hospitalized recently and died. Um, and before she passed away, she publicly expressed the fact that she was experiencing some racism in the hospital. And this is one of our leading hospitals, Chad, one of our brand names. <laughs> one of our brand name hospitals, okay, Um, who are quiet as it's kept. Nobody was shocked that she was experiencing racism there. Um, And so this went, it it went, it was a national headline that Black doctor dies from COVID, you know, and she, I don't know if she went live on Facebook or she she went live somewhere Mm -hmm. and was talking about how she was experiencing some racism within the hospital and people were not listening to her. And as a result of her passing, so, you know, we talk about the risk factors in terms of being older, right? Being overweight, having maybe, maybe a chronic disease or chronic illness, all those things put you at an increased risk. And then being black, it's not the being black part that puts you at risk it's the racism part the fact that you're not you may not get good care in the hospital if you are to fall ill um it's the fact that you hear um I saw a a headline in LA talking about the EMS there have been told to they get to choose to transport people who they they feel have an the best likelihood of survival wow so you think about all of these moving parts. Mm-hmm. And so it's for what, it, what it's doing is, is I feel out of fear, a lot of Black people who may be in some of those categories, it's forcing them to want to get the vaccine because they would rather do that and risk whatever is there over risking being in a hospital sick with COVID and not getting good care and dying because you weren't getting good care. Mm. Um, And so as a black person, like that's a scary place to be, to feel like that's your choice. It's either choose the vaccine to be first in line for that. As soon as I can get it, I'm gonna get it. So that I don't be over here and have to be in a hospital where people aren't taking good care of me or possibly be at home and EMS won't transport me because they don't feel like I may be a good candidate for surviving the the virus. That's a scary place to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think another thing, I think my thought just fell out of my ear too. Welcome to Say it again. I said my thought just fell out of my ear. Welcome. Right. (laughs) Bring it back, placenta. (laughs) So Swin says, 
Also, Black folks are more likely to live closer to freeways because they ran them through Black neighborhoods and have pre-existing respiratory issues, which is the truth. And Tasha, we talked about on our one of our other shifts, we were talking about COVID, that Black people, um, the, po the numbers, the positive numbers in Black communities are not, again, not because of the Black, because they're Black. It's because of the living conditions. It's because a lot of people, like you said, Swin, live near freeways or live near dumping grounds, which also cause respiratory issues and other issues, or live in close proximity to one another, right? You think about- Flint, where they just poisoning residents. Exactly. So the pre-existing conditions um, are, are environmental. They are not, you know, because it's engineered. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. There, I mean, there's always going to be skepticism, I think, about certain things. And for me, I'm like, you know, for people who want to get it, I think they need to just go ahead and vaccinate the people who want to get it. Yeah. Um, I understand the phases or whatever of how they're rolling it out, but the numbers are something like they they hoped that 80% of you know, frontline healthcare workers will opt in. And it's more like half of that 40% have opted in. And so now they have all of these doses that they need to decide how to reallocate. Well, there's people knocking on your door, banging in the, the community, mm -hmm. yeah, in or outside the community, whoever. And so for me, I'm like, give it to them. They want it. Yeah, for the people who are just like, please stab me, please do it now. Um, give it to them mm -hmm. and, and let the chips fall where they may as far as people who want to get vaccinated later. But I mean, it'll be a while before I say yes. Mm -hmm. I need to know what life looks like <laughs> beyond, you know, a month or whatever of people getting this vaccination, especially people who look like me. Mm -hmm. I agree, I'm right there with you. Um, you know, I, I have said on this show many times, I would not get the flu vaccine if they did not make me. <laughs> and right now I'm feeling like, you know, I'm a healthcare worker and that's how they pay my bills. So if they say, <laughs> run you, run you. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, and I, I'm in the place where I, I'm not interested in getting it. Um, Indiana right now has said, like a lot of other states, that it's not going to be mandatory for some time. It's just recommended. Mm -hmm. Some time is relative. They, that might be in six months. That might be in two months. That might be who knows. Um, but until they say that my life will somehow be restricted <laughs> if I do not get it, I am content with not getting it, um, nor do I want it, uh, my children to have it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just not interested. I, I feel my skepticism comes from a lot of things that we just talked about. It also comes from the fact that COVID is a, a novel virus, right? Is what they, right. they, were, they call it. It's brand new. And so too is the vaccine brand new and they rushed, right? They were chomping at the bit to get a vaccine for it, which understandably, because the S is out of control. I get it. But, <laughs> but it, it happened all so quickly. The studies, the trials, all it all happened really fast. Faster than I've ever seen science do anything ever before. Um and so I, I have I'm I'm a little bit um 
a little skeptical about about it to be honest and so you know I joked with one of my coworkers, and I was like well I'll let you get a child and I'll see if you come in with a third eye or <laughs> yeah I want to see what's gonna happen to you first um after you get that second vaccine after you get the second one we'll see so I, I'm like you um when it first rolled out, I felt like it was a hard no for me. Like, absolutely not. I'm not getting it. Um, and now I feel like, you know, when you think about, <laughs> again, where we are in, in 2022.0. I'm like, I'm also a person who, again, because I am a science brain, like you said, I do understand science. I do believe science for the most part <laughs> um and I also am a person who I believe in community and I believe in sometimes I want to see my aunts like mm -hmm. that's a thing for me and so I want to see them so I don't know how things are going to play out as we move through time as you know as we move through 2021 um Perhaps the people who are choosing to become vaccinated now will bring numbers down enough to where the entire universe doesn't have to become vaccinated and perhaps it won't. I don't know. And I, I won't make a blanket like hard draw a line in the sand and say what I will or won't do. I'm just saying where I am right now is I'm still skeptical as hell and I'm like, we'll see. Y'all yeah, go first. <laughs> yeah yeah that's how I'm feeling too initially I was just like nope nope not but then I was like mm. <laughs> see the way this capitalist society is set up they're gonna make it make you feel that choice mm -hmm. you know and that no is gonna be a really really like heavy weighted one and like you and I have spoke about this I love to travel you know, it just happens that life hasn't afforded me that opportunity because I've been pregnant and, you know, mom of a toddler and stuff like that. And so moving around is not necessarily ideal because mom of a toddler, <laughs> you know, right. um, and then now it'll be toddler and newborn. And so my feet will be planted a little bit firmly to the ground for the next few years, presumably, until we can move through the airport without me feeling overwhelmed you know um but at that point I'll definitely be making a decision because I feel like there will be mandates coming down about travel and I want to see the world I want my kids to see the world like <laughs> and if it is at that point you know known widely that this vaccine is safe for all intents and purposes then I would get it Mm -hmm. you know, whether or not I would vaccinate my children again is a different conversation and you and I talked about this the other day too how I feel about the flu vaccine and that kind of stuff um, I don't blindly accept vaccines I feel like I take the ones that make sense and as a mom of small children who are not vaccinated um, and I know that my immune system can handle a vaccine known or unknown so like Tdap and you know, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. I've had those before. I don't like it, but I'm not opposed to getting it in the name of um, protection for my family. You know, I think too, and you had mentioned this, Ryan, another thing that kind of pours into the skepticism, especially within a Black community, is how it was marketed. 
and we felt like it was real heavy on the, hey, a black woman created this and <laughs> black people look at this. <laughs> hey, black people, y'all should get this because your girl, you know, and that's just super duper suspect because you ain't never gave us credit for shit else before now medical advance or otherwise all of these inventions and stuff like that you know have been uh, accredited to people yes. who own people who look like me because we were property and still haven't fessed up to the fact that you know jack daniels and his recipe is not his recipe is somebody else's that look like me and you know so that hard push, all the things and all the other things <laughs> okay name something black person did it okay <laughs> The That's where we are. And the internet, <laughs> the super soaker, all yes, of them. the washing machine, all of the cotton gin, yeah. the stop light. Stop, yes. First heart surgery, we out here. Like all of it. Like, and so now, now's the time for yeah. all of this. You know what I'm saying? And so I think, you know, that's like you being like, oh, Ryan, um, taste this. It tastes so good. And I'm a jokester. You be like, no, I'm cool. You like, no, for real. It's so good. This is like yeah. amazingly delicious. Mm -hmm. You're gonna be like, no, I'm okay. And I mean, I get it. I feel like the medical, the science community, they have seen the error of their ways and they have recognized, they they recognize the medical mistrust that is in the black community. And so I feel like they attempted to put us on display as people who were getting the vaccine, people who created the vaccine, blah, whatever, in attempts to say, hey, guys, this is cool. This is safe. But like, <laughs> listen, <laughs> that ain't how we roll. <laughs> we, we actually, we don't want y'all to exclude us from the shit, but we don't want y'all to put us first either. Again, a blazing example of how there are no <laughs> black people in the room. No because black. black people in the room will tell you like, no, that ain't really your marketing strategy for these people. You got to show them all the white people in all the affluent neighborhoods, all the rich folks lining up first to get that shit. You got to show them like the telescope or microscope where you put the vaccines and stuff together and you got to show them where you poured it in a vial and you got to show them where you, you know, sealed that up and then drew it out. And, and we want to see the lot numbers. Arm. We want to see that they got the same lot number that we got. <laughs> really, I just want to be in the room through the whole process before I really trust this thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. because people are like, oh, well, they'll, they'll, um, past presidents will be getting it on camera and this and we're like what if that's saline oh yeah so just bring us in the room while you you know concoct the whole virus like the midwife's brew or something like that and then and that's how you market it to black folks yes because this ain't it because listen on this we wasn't born at night or last night so you're going to have to come a little better than that. Again, but if you choose to get it, that's cool. I'm not saying that you should choose not to get it. I'm saying you need to assess yourself. Evaluate your own risk factors. Talk with your family. Talk with your provider and figure out what's going to be best for you. If you choose to get it, great. If you choose not to get it, 
fabulous. If you want to hold out like me and Tasha and see what's going to pop off and wait, wait when the wing and see what's going to happen. Cool. My whole thing with the whole vaccine, like you already mentioned, Tasha, is this choice is no different than any other choice that we are able to make for our lives, for ourselves, for our health, for our body, whatever. It's, it's no different. And we all need to take a minute and you make your choice and respect when I make mine. Mm-hmm. Respect when I make mine. Yeah. Um, Shawnisha says that I have a feeling that employers are going to stop providing hazard slash COVID pay if you choose not to get vaccinated but become infected. I want to know who's doing that because who who's doing the <laughs> well I mean Shanisha you can clarify but maybe talking about paying out people's PTO if they end up getting positive or getting a positive result but that's not hazard pay that's different that's using your that's using your sick time or using your PTO true but she's saying that she feels like if it's the case that you have to be out because of COVID specifically that they'll start to refuse to pay you clarify Shanisha that'd be crazy yeah but I see I see it happening especially if you work at a hospital where they're offering yeah offering it Mm -hmm. Swin said that's absolutely Uh gonna happen yeah take my chances (laughs) and they're gonna be like okay cool (laughs) well we won't be paying you for taking your chance then but what that's gonna do is gonna make people who are positive and maybe symptomatic they're gonna come to work nurses come to work sick any day gone away so they definitely with a fever with a fever listen that's people you're right people the beginning of this that people go to work sick all the time especially in indigent and working poor yeah you're right falling out and that is true the regular degular workaholic that's true go to work sick they do go to work sick the time So Nisha says, maybe she worded it wrong, but most companies are providing a separate PTO bank for COVID specifically. Wow. That's nice. For those 10 to 14 days of quarantine. Uh Uh-huh. Wow, I hadn't heard that one yet. I hadn't either, child. Wow. Okay. I mean, I actually feel like that's a good thing. That is a good thing if they're doing that. Yeah. But for them to put that in and then just be like, nah. But You you didn't get vaccinated. Right. (laughs) Right. But um, Shanisha, I don't know what you do for a living, but I think nurses are nurse. different. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you know, we, if we're working on the floor, we have a different feel of um, what that looks like because we have a whole bank. Like, but if you are a regular white collar worker and you get 20 days a year yeah, or five days a year or what have you, then that looks very different from just pulling from a PTO bank. Tanil says her company does that too. Okay. And Swin says that got implemented under CCFRA. So does that mean all companies are required to do that, Swin? Because I ain't heard nothing about it. I hadn't either. But you know, they're going to keep things like that secret. This is true. <laughs> because if it's going to end up costing them more before this vaccine is widely available, companies are not going to take that hit. Okay, she said Shanisha said they'll just tell, probably tell you to work from home at that point. Yeah, but if you're a nurse, a staff floor nurse, that's not an option for you. You know, depending on what you, how you work in the capacity in which you work, working from home may not be an option. Mm-hmm. 
They'll find something for you to do, though. <laughs> you know how that go. Can you do some chart audits? This is true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it will parlay you into some work. They'll be like, that's you true. These audits. We can you do the schedule this week? That's true. <laughs> can you look through these vacation requests and? That's true. Be paying you, hey girl. Here's the access. We'll send you over a little internet tower or whatever you need to get going. Mm -hmm. Right, the Uh, VPN access. Right, Right. make sure it's secured. But yeah, okay, okay, (laughs) okay, yeah. All right, so we had a couple comments. That's what we're both reading. And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, okay. Yeah. Wait, I forgot we were live. Um, Swin, said, <laughs> Swin said that that um, block of time expired on 12-31-2020, but it was part of a bill. So he doesn't know if private companies had um, had to, but the public sector did. And Shanisha says, <laughs> yeah, this whole part about nurses not being able to work from home specifically she said that's exactly why nurses are going in because they're asymptomatic it's lose lose spreading it all around yeah yeah even (laughs) though you know people are supposed to be wearing your mask 24 7 or your whole shift and a face shield when you go in to see the patients and stuff like that at work but again this is something that you brought up ryan how even nurses are being super lax at work you know kicking in and not social distancing and just acting like it's just Monday and we're still in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Taking pictures like this. No, thank Put you. Mask off. We're still, <laughs> we're still in a pandemic. I know I'd be sliding around. They'd be like, she, this girl is crazy. And I was nuts about my personal space before all of this. Same. <laughs> <laughs> so really now I'm like, mm, you need to back up give me give me however many feet you can allow okay six or more if you can allow the six then you need to go ahead and give me my space that's right because as a nurse especially or any any kind of patient care if you're doing any kind of patient care you don't get that with the patient Mm -hmm. you're not getting six feet when you're caring for a patient your hands are on them Mm -hmm. so yeah that's all I mean I'm I'm risky enough that's that's all the risk I'm willing to take (laughs) yeah yeah I definitely even in packing my um hospital bag for the birth of this baby I was just like okay so I'm gonna need like some comfy shoes and this and that and my honey asked me like well should you take the ones here and I was like oh no no whatever goes to the hospital it belongs to the hospital we're leaving it right there (laughs) (laughs) this is actually the disposable bag (laughs) I said because we know COVID on that floor we're going to donate this COVID on that floor this belongs that's funny this is yours that's funny because I am mindful I am so we talked about this before but I am so mindful about what I wear into the hospital I don't wear a coat in there (laughs) flip-flops that's where I live (laughs) yes because it is all up and through Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah well do you have any closing (laughs) remarks about I think I already stated my closing remarks is just to really be mindful first of all be mindful that what a person decides to do in terms of their immunization record it is a part of their, 
private medical history. And so it is not your business. And so you do not need to, unless you have a, a close relationship with this person, don't be asking folks if they're going to get vaccinated or not. Like, it's not your business. At the nurse's station. At the <laughs> nurse's It's not your business. That Just like you would ask somebody what their HIV status was or if they had ever had, whatever. You Just mind your business. <laughs> just mind your business. So um, that's one thing. And the second thing is after you discover because somebody has posted or somebody has shared or whatever that they are or not going to get the vaccine, respect their choice. The same way that you want somebody to respect your choice to get it or not to get it, you also need to respect somebody else's choice to get it or not to get it. And whatever their reasons are, as how if they sound ridiculous to you, if you feel like whatever about their choice it's not your choice it's their choice so mm -hmm. just mind your business stay in your lane respect their decision and unless they uh, like you said Tasha unless they ask you a question about how you feel about a particular thing don't offer any advice because everybody is as bright as you and we have all done our research we have all looked things up we have all everybody this is all everybody's talking about right now is the COVID vaccine so nobody's short on information about the vaccine and so unless it's somebody who again somebody who you have a very close relationship with and you feel like you can offer them some information or some insight that they may not have had access to mind your business <laughs> you said what your take home that's my take home mind your business yeah, I feel like too, you know, Black folks, we have to get out of this place where we come up on something or we make a choice for ourselves and then we decide that everyone else needs to be doing this, quote, new thing that we're doing. So with the vaccine or what people doing with a stimulus checks or whatever, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's always that. Did y'all start a business with your stimulus check? You know, an LLC. Yes, Tania, worry about yourself. Yes. <laughs> you know, an LLC costs $150 to get started. You could do this. What y'all doing about generational wealth? And what y'all doing about, mm, and what you doing about that? Eat a carrot and a piece of broccoli and go be quiet. Go be quiet. Like, People who look like us have been through enough in this country and the last place that we need to be in is a place where other folks who look like us are downing us about our decisions. And you have no idea, you know, what is driving whatever that decision is. That's absolutely. If you want to be helpful, give the information and leave people to their own devices. You know, I know that a lot of people feel pressed about ending generational curses in their family or exposing people who they don't feel like otherwise will be exposed if they're not the ones telling their family members about a thing or whatever. But once you tell them, leave them alone. Mm -hmm. You are not connected to the outcome of their decision in any way other than the fact that you are their family member. They still have just as much of a right as you did to make your decision to make their own. And so it doesn't draw people in for you to be, you know, in their ear whatever condemning them for not choosing what you chose absolutely and we got to let people be we got to let people be in that regard it 
for me, it never made me want to do what that person was trying to convince me to do Mm -mm. more because they wouldn't shut up about it. (laughs) Like it just made me want to cut you out, hide you on Facebook or block your number or not really respond to your messages, phone calls or whatever. Right. And just like with everything else, people arrive at different times. We don't all have to arrive at the same place at the same time. Like that's just not how it works. And even if they're, you know, we find ourselves in, in a year or two and we, we, you know, everybody's gotten the vaccine. Like it's great. Everybody's not, we're we going to look back and be like, Oh, like, Oh shit, I was wrong. Or, you know, I'll, why not get it sooner or whatever, but that's cool. Like we all arrive at a different time and that's cool. And people just need to respect that. Um, they just need to respect it. Mm-hmm. And even if people never arrive, there are some people who may never arrive and that has to be okay too. Mm-hmm. Right. Recognize your lotus of control. <laughs> and you stay within that otherwise you know just let people be that would be my closing remark about it um and then I would say too even if you've gone on record like I know I have to be like nope mm, nope nope not never whatever it's okay for you to change your mind yes that's you good think differently about you know after receiving further information or new information or something happens in your life that changes direction and this is for anything it's all right so what so what you changed your mind this is what I thought previously I don't feel that way anymore absolutely that and that's good I've learned I grew this is how Mm -hmm. I feel Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but you always say you're you're you are there's something okay I'm gonna mess it up but I'm gonna say it so you you know what I'm talking about (laughs) Like who I am today, oh, I'm not set, you're, like you're not obligated to be who you've always been. Yes, bam, yeah. there you go. You're yes. under no obligation to be who you've always been. Yes, you make a choice at any point to be something different, to mm-hmm. think something different, to do something different, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that is applicable here. Yes, yes. <laughs> and in other ways too. I think it just it gives you the freedom to move around you know what I'm saying to make decisions you allow yourself space to grow and then in that you allow other people to allow space to grow too you know you're not so judgmental because you're like oh you changed your mind on that oh you went hard about that thing and you could both have a good (laughs) chuckle about yeah I was wrong as hell I was loud and wrong loud and wrong loud and wrong you know what I'm saying but here, I'm yeah. here now. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. you can move on with your life and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Absolutely. Yeah. We thank everybody who um, joined us tonight and even people who will watch this later and leave comments and things like that. We are so grateful for your listenership. Happy New Year. Um, you guys follow us on social media. Um, Ryan and I hadn't talked about this, but we plan to be better <laughs> about our social media following. Yeah. Or I do, anyway. No, I think we need to. We we were really good about it before. Yeah, we had schedule posts and all kinds of stuff going on, but we kind of fell off um, since the return. But we plan on getting back on that to re-engage our audience and grow our audience. Hopefully, you know, we haven't had that viral moment yet, but it may be on the 
you know, who knows the viral moment may be coming. Hopefully it's a good one and <laughs> not something that we're going to be embarrassed about. Right. Have a whole meme looking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, follow us on our socials, conscious underscore sedation on Instagram and Twitter, and then conscious sedation podcast on Facebook. If you guys have any um, comments, concerns, questions, fall in our inbox. We read them all. As we, we read them all, child. <laughs> Whether we agree or disagree. Um, put them in our inbox. So um, our email is getsedated705 at gmail.com. And next week, we plan on talking about skin care. So um, yeah, check us next week. We should be here Tuesday <laughs> around 830. <laughs> our time be real-ish, like 830-ish. Yes, um, heavy on the ish. Yeah, <laughs> right, because life. But we're so grateful to have you, Ryan. Any closing remarks? I don't have any. You know, I'm just. <laughs> I'm gonna be real petty about that email for a long time. <laughs> so just prepare yourselves, okay? I just, I, I just, you know, I'm gonna try not to cry next time. Again, <laughs> show your vulnerability. Do be vulnerable and do talk about my family and do and, not cry. And do not cry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I love y'all. You know, I'm here. I'm here for all of it. Y'all were like super interactive in the chat today, which I love. Um, the the comments and the the feedback, I loved it. It, it helps um, to make the conversation a lot more organic. Um, to to be able to include you all who are watching and listening into the podcast and. I appreciate you guys. We had some new listeners or viewers today, which I love. Um, so, you know, and shout out to the ones who, you know, I'm saying, been yeah, <laughs> with so us the day ones. Rio. <laughs> yeah. Mario, yeah, he, he hops mm -hmm. on here, Swin. Okay. Mm -hmm. We see y'all. Mm -hmm. We see y'all. We appreciate y'all. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. Been super real. Yes. Peace out. <laughs>